The Action Network Podcast, named Best Betting Podcast or Radio Show by the Fantasy Sports and Gaming Association, and the number one show for the invested sports fan. All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing in zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another NFL Fantasy Flex episode of the award-winning Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM, the official odds provider of the show. I'm Matthew Friedman, the editor-in-chief of Fantasy Labs, and here with me are Sean Corner and Chris Raybon. Sean is the Action Network Director of Predictive Analytics, and Chris is a senior editor and analyst at the Action Network. They are two of the best fantasy football rankers in the world. Oh boy, week 17. It is a weird week, a, uh, a news-driven week. Uh, it feels like a combination of the regular season and the preseason, uh, and we're covering it. In this episode, we're highlighting the players at the top of our rankings in the fantasy tool at Action Network. We're discussing the guys we're high and low on and looking at how they do in our Fantasy Labs models, and we're speculating on some player props. A couple of notes. The NBA season is here. And starting in January, we will have weekly NBA episodes on the podcast. For college football fans, Stucky and Colin are in the middle of their annual five-part preview of every bowl game, literally every game, all the way to the national championship. And of course, even in the postseason, we will be doing the Fantasy Flex every week. Also, this is the final week in the regular season of the Action Network podcast tournament of champions presented by BetMGM. It is a free tournament on Yahoo for our listeners. You can join by clicking the link in the show description. Each week, the top 10 finishers get over $1,000 in Action Network prizes and the top five advance to the wildcard weekend grand finale where the winner will get a grand prize Las Vegas trip for two valued at $5,000 courtesy of BetMGM. Again, listeners can join for free every week Click on the link in the description to join. Okay, fellas, let's get into it right now. The quarterbacks at the top of our rankings. And granted, I should just say it's early in the week. These rankings are bound to change, especially this week as we get more news uh, of teams and their intentions, whether they're uh, resting their starters, whether they're playing to win, all of that. The guys at the top of our rankings right now, Jalen Hurts, Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, number one. Love to see it. Sean, who are you relatively high on this week? Uh, so <laughs> this week is DFS specific, obviously. So uh, I'm thinking Kirk Cousins at 6,300 sticks out. Uh, they're playing the Lions this week, who um, even Blaine Gabbert uh, put up great stats in garbage time against them. So I think this is a great spot. Um, it, this is one of those weeks. I don't know if it makes sense to give Dalvin Cook 30 touches. They might as well just air it out. Um, so I could see Kirk Cousins being a sneaky play, um, and he's super cheap this week. And the other guy is uh, Drew Locke at 5K. Um, they're at home against the Raiders. Uh, meaningless game, but this could, you know, be, uh, you know, an evaluation for the, the Broncos and for Drew Locke for 2021 and beyond. Um, last week, they probably told him you're going to target Jerry Judy heavily the rest of the way. Um, they, he targeted Judy 15 times. Unfortunately, they connected on less than half of those, but I think they can continue that this week. 
um, and see what they have going into to the draft and next season. So I think this is a big spot for Locke, and he's only 5K. So he's one of those Week 17 starts that, you know, who could be a bit under the radar and just go off. Well, Sean, both of those quarterbacks you talked about uh, very neatly connect to players I'm going to talk about later. That was a very professional tease there, just bringing you into the podcast. Raybon, who are you relatively high on a quarterback this week? Well, as you mentioned, you know, we, we don't have like the full rest picture or anything like that yet. But uh, if the Bills are playing for real and Josh Allen is starting a quarterback, uh, Josh Allen, he's still the fourth highest priced quarterback on the on the main slate. Um, he's been just ripping defenses apart all year, um, squarely in the MVP conversation, has the uh, second highest floor projection in our fantasy labs models, uh, along with Deshaun Watson. So I uh, really like uh, Josh Allen in this spot. And uh, after a couple of kind of shaky weeks, uh, the Titans looks like they still have, are going to have something to play for. Uh, Ryan Tannehill at 7K against Houston. Uh, Houston's defense, one of the worst in the league. And, uh, you know, the thing about Tannehill is, and kind of goes into Allen too, is, you know, the one risky thing when you're playing some of the quarterbacks out, like outside that second tier um, like Cousins and, and and all those guys, is that if they don't run for a touchdown, it could kind of mess you up. Whereas, like, uh, Ryan Sanahill, he actually has been putting up some numbers on the ground. He's rushed for a touchdown uh, in two straight games. I believe he has five on the year. So um, he's a guy I'm willing to take a chance on uh, in that spot. And then we'll see what happens with the Patriots. Um, but if Cam Newton is going to start – uh, I, you know, I think this may be a spot where you can actually get some, you know, pretty, pretty well-owned Cam Newton against a, a shaky Jets defense. So uh, at 5,500, I think they may try to give him the chance to, to close out the year strong. Uh, we never know what's going to happen, but uh, Stidham, I think, could actually make the start here. But if Cam is starting, I'd be willing to take some chances on him in DFS. A uh, bold move there, uh, talking about, <laughs> about Cam Newton. Uh, I will give the obligatory uh, Jalen Hurts love. Uh, still number one, uh, you know, for reasons mentioned uh, on, on previous weeks, has 40% of the Eagles carries in his three starts, 60 yards rushing in each start, over 300 yards passing in his two most recent starts. Uh, a guy with that kind of ability, I think, needs to be near the top of the board. Uh, so certainly, I think, makes sense in the top three. All right, Sean, talk to us about a guy that you are relatively low on this week. Uh, man, I hate to say it, but Russell Wilson, uh, he burned me once again last week. Uh, I had quite a few stacks of him and Tyra Lockett. Uh, it just isn't working for him. And, you know, it's probably Pete Carroll's fault. They're, they're going back to their run-heavy conservative approach. Um, and this week they'll be at San Francisco. So I'm already envisioning Russell Wilson getting sacked on third down repeatedly with Robert Sala doing cartwheels on the sideline, uh, getting hyped. So, um, I, I'm going to avoid him at 7,300. There's just way too many good options to really roll the dice on him again. Now, having said that, usually the week after Wilson burns me, he just goes completely bonkers. Um, so <laughs> maybe I won't be fading him completely, but just you, you just can't trust him right now. The way they're, they're running this offense, it's not the same as it was in weeks one through five. Um, so I'll be fading him at this this price this week. Raybon, who are you low on? For me, it's going to be Baker Mayfield, a guy who we had a lot of high hopes for last year. He's 5,500 this week. We'll see if he gets his receiving quarterback, but um, not a guy I would touch. And uh, a little higher up, uh, I think Justin Herbert concerns me a little bit. Going against his Chiefs defense, um, he did have a pretty decent start in his first first matchup against the Chiefs, but um, late in the year, the Chiefs defense – 
Uh, he's been playing pretty well. And I just worry in, in this last game of the season, we don't know exactly who's going to be healthy. Uh, we had uh, Allen banged up and, and Henry on the COVID list. So uh, I think Herbert could actually close the year out a little bit slowly as well. All right. One guy I am relatively low on uh, is Andy Dalton. And uh, I could see some people looking at what he did last week with the, uh, the big passing performance, 377 yards, three touchdowns. He has a great wide receiver unit. I could see people looking at all that and thinking uh, in a game that the Cowboys need to win uh, if they have a shot to make the postseason, uh, that this could be a good spot for Dalton. <laughs> but going against the Giants on the road, outdoors, it just it feels like a, a bad situation. The Giants have allowed the fifth fewest fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. Uh, number one cornerback, James Bradbury, is going to be on Amari Cooper, uh, who tends to struggle against bigger physical corners. Uh, of course, this is the second division game that they are playing this year, and I think you could see something of a lower-scoring game. So you put all of that together, and it makes me just a little bit lower on Dalton this week. Sean, give us the quarterback prop and by the way i should remind everyone to check out the fantasy labs player prop tool where the props with a bet quality of 10 have a 60 percent win rate over the past two years and when player props are posted you can bet them at bet mgm sean give us the prop uh in honor of week 17 let's go with one of these scrub quarterbacks that gets <laughs> to start this week uh let's go with chad henny total passing yards at home against the chargers um, I would say they're, they're going to uh, rest Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. So I'm assuming we'll see uh, plenty of Michael Hardman, Demarcus Robinson, Byron Pringle, those guys. Um, so where do you guys have him projected at? Because I have him at uh, right now 248 and a half passing yards. Yeah, my number's higher, but I need to like I, I, I haven't done any adjustments. So this pretty much still is treating uh, – Chad Henney as if he's Patrick Mahomes. So I know I need to adjust oh, that number down. So 320? Uh, no, <laughs> 273. But that that just yeah. feels high for Chenny. I have him at uh, 251, so I'll go over. Um, but that's, that's a good line. I mean, I think, you know, regardless of who plays for the Chiefs, they do have some explosive players. And Andy Reid's a great schemer. And the Chargers defense is the Chargers defense. So like he, he certainly could just kind of – you know, air it out for no for no reason. You know, not necessarily because they're in a, a game script situation. So, uh, but I think yeah, right right around two fifty is is where I, where he'll end up. Uh, I have it at two forty two and a half with my adjustment. So I I would take the under, but uh, just by a little bit. Hope you're enjoying this great Action Network podcast. I want to make sure you know about the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On has a daily podcast on your favorite team. Welcome to you, Locked On 49ers. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. Let's go. Locked On podcasts are hosted by the local experts who know your team better than anyone and give you the inside scoop. So go to your podcast app and search Locked On, your favorite team. Subscribe to your Locked On podcast. Let's get to the running backs that we have in our rankings. And uh, I'm looking specifically at half PPR. The guys at the top of our board, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Derrick Henry. Sean, who are you very high on at running back this week? So week 17 always offers up a ton of free square plays. I think it's wise to spend down at running back and spend up at wide receiver. Uh, so the, the first obvious one is probably Malcolm Brown at 4,300 with Cam Akers and uh, Henderson likely out. Um, I'm not sure about these backups, so it, it's probably going to be Malcolm Brown's backfield. The, the problem is trusting him uh, with 
John Walford at quarterback. I, I don't know if he's going to get too many goal line carries. So he's he's an interesting um, fade in GPPs uh, at 4,300. And I think some of the guys that you could pivot to that might be lower owned, it's still too early to tell, are Darrell Williams, uh, 4,800 at home against the Chargers. We already talked about the Chiefs likely resting a bunch of starters. And Le'Veon Bell uh, probably will be one of those guys. He got a bit banged up last week, so I could see them giving him the week off. And we've seen Darrell Williams um, dominate the workload in both the, the run and pass game and spots like this. So um, they might mix in uh, Darwin Thompson, but you know might not be enough to, to really uh, lower Darrell's projection much. So so he's sticking out at 4,800. And the other guy is LaMichael Pirine at 4,100. You know, that they wanted to evaluate him for uh, next season and beyond. Uh, but he got banged up, so they, they let Frank Gore run wild for the past few weeks. But now that Frank Gore's expected to miss, uh, this should be a big P. Ryan game. Um, and they're facing the Patriots have been, uh, you know, giving up pretty big games on the ground. So I love him at 4,100 this week in what should be a closer uh, game. All right, Raybon, who are you relatively high on this week? Yeah, I was going to I like P. Ryan a lot, too. I think, like, he was the guy, for all the reasons Sean mentioned, like, he was the guy that was going to be like that, you know, the guy they were going to evaluate, and then, you know, he gets hurt. So, I think him at 4,100 is, you know, he's a, he's a guy that could get uh, 20 touches this week. And uh, uh, another guy is uh, Miles Gaskin for the – for the Dolphins, um, you know, we keep kind of wondering every week, like, okay, is when, when he goes out, it's like, is it going to be Ahmed? Is it going to be a split? And, and Gaskin really uh, sees control of that backfield once again with the two touchdowns through the air. So uh, like him at 6,500 as a guy who's going to get a pretty, pretty full workload as well. Yeah, uh, with you there, especially on Gaskin, uh, he's really impressed whenever he's been healthy. Uh, I'm going back to the Jeffrey Wilson well. Uh, great performance last week, uh, you know, a career best performance, 22 carries. Uh, like you love to see that with him getting all that volume. Uh, you know, the guys behind him, Jerick McKinnon, Tevin Coleman, basically got minimal usage. So it, it looks like uh, in the absence of Raheem Mostert, Wilson is the clear guy there. Had 183 yards rushing uh, and then a 21-yard touchdown reception. I think he's involved enough in the receiving game with three and a half targets per game over the past month. No Debo Samuel, no Brandon Ayuk. So I think that the 49ers will rely on the running game a little bit more than usual. So I'm expecting a lot of Jeffrey Wilson in Week 17. Sean, who are you low on? Uh, well, for week 17, uh, I'm always a bit cautious about running backs on teams with nothing to play for. Um, you, you'll have to wonder why they would run up some of the, the touch counts on some of these guys like Josh Jacobs. Uh, but uh, the one guy that I'm worried about is David Johnson at home against the Titans who have plenty to play for. He's 6,800 and, you know, uh, Duke Johnson might return this week, which would kneecap his uh, David Johnson's receiving usage, which has been off the charts the past two games. He ran around 76% of the time um, in week 15 and then 86% of the routes run last week. So any hit to that would really rob his value. Um, now, having said that, if, if Duke Johnson is out, then I'm very interested in David Johnson again. But well, that's one of those things we'll have to wait and see. But if, if uh, Duke Johnson returns, I'll be fading uh, DJ at this price. Yeah, hear you there. Right now, I am projecting it as if Duke Johnson is out. Uh, and so that means that David Johnson is pretty high up in the rankings. But as you say, it's a very fluid situation that we're going to have to monitor throughout the week. Raybon, who are you low on? I feel like this. I say this every week now, but uh, from a DFS perspective, uh, Nick Chubb 
Uh, you look at Chubb, and he's the fifth highest priced running back on DraftKings, and he's going against the Steelers. Yes, the Browns have something to play for. Um, they should. We'll see about their receivers, but um, you know, I think Chubb has just been a little overvalued. You know, ever since that 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 big run in the middle of the season, and if you look at our fantasy labs models, he's the only running back priced in the top eight that doesn't have a ceiling projection on DraftKings of at least twenty points, uh, and that's because number one, the Steelers are have been excellent against running backs in the past game, and Chubb, you know, he's not going to be a, a huge factor, but they are allowing a few with schedule adjusted yards. Uh, two running backs in the past game, but they're also number five in rush DVOA. So, um, you know, we've seen, you know, this, this Browns offense, it's not as automatic, like, you know, Chubb smash spot the way it was earlier in the year. So I just think he's a little overpriced here, uh, considering we're going to have a bunch of value open up with different rest situations. Um, 7,600 is just a lot to pay for, for Nick Chubb here. All right, a guy I am low on is J.K. Dobbins. Uh, good matchup, explosive runner. Uh, he has a touchdown in five straight games, but uh, he left last game with a, a chest injury, so that is something to keep an eye on. And, of course, he's splitting the work with Gus Edwards, uh, and, and that really is the big uh, factor going against him. Edwards has actually been more productive on fewer opportunities over the past month. And with a split backfield uh, with Dobbins capped at like around 15 touches, uh, I think it's hard for him to be anything more than a touchdown dependent RB2, uh, even though he is in a great situation where you would expect um, the Ravens to run all over the Bengals uh, as they've done for the past two years. But uh, yeah, going to be going to be off of Dobbins. Sean. Give us the running back prop. Uh, let's go with uh, Malcolm Brown. Total rushing and uh, receiving yards. Uh, this has been a bit tricky for me because, like I said, I think John Walford under center is a bit of concern, but he, he Malcolm Brown should see a heavy workload here. Um, but I have his uh, his over-under set at 80 and a half. I'll take the under, but I'm very close. I have it at 77 and a half. Uh, I'll take the under. I have it around 65. Um, I'm projecting him for about 70% of the workload um, just because we don't, we don't know exactly what's happening yet. Um, so I may raise that a little bit, but um, you know, Jones and Coeus, they have not been, uh, they haven't seen a touch really, I believe this whole year. So um, I get, I get that Brown, there's a chance Brown could see a hundred percent, but if, if acres and Henderson are out, I, I would also think that you don't want to, risk injuring your only healthy running back. So uh, I do think that those backups could mix in a little bit. So yeah, going, going under there. The NFL season is upon us and our friends at BetMGM Sports are offering Action Network podcast listeners a great sign-up offer. Just make your first deposit using the bonus code ACTIONPOD and receive a 100% deposit match up to $500. They've got parlay bonus payouts, live betting markets, daily odds boosts, all sorts of great stuff. So download the BetMGM app today or visit BetMGM.com to sign up and use the code ACTIONPOD to double your bankroll with a 100% deposit match up to $500. As a reminder, you must be 21 or older and physically located in the great states of Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, or West Virginia. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada, 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and West Virginia, or 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promo offer not available in Nevada. And now, back to the show. All right, let's look at the wide receivers uh, at the top of our rankings right now. Devontae Adams, Calvin Ridley, 
Stefan Diggs. Uh, no surprise there. I believe that those are uh, some of the wide receivers at the top of the uh, like receiving yardage leaderboard uh, in the NFL. Like, you know, three of the four guys at the top there. Sean, who are you high on? Uh, I, I'm high on Chris Samuel at 5,300. You know, it's it's a tougher matchup, obviously, against the Saints, but the, the way they use him is pretty much matchup proof at this point. Uh, he's usually good for five to six catches a game, uh, but I feel like his rushing stats are, you know, consistently overlooked. Uh, last week, he ran seven times for 52 yards. Um, they could, you know, d- do that again this week, trying to evaluate, um, you know, next year and beyond. Um, and, you know, they, they've used him in some goal line packages um, as a runner. So I, I always love getting Samuel, but this week he especially sticks out at 5,300. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, Jerry Judy at 4,200 is very appealing. Uh, this is another um, evaluate 2021 and beyond situation, not necessarily for him, but uh, Drew Locke. Um, so I'll have plenty of Locke Judy stacks. And then Michael Hardman at 5,200. It almost feels like uh, – too easy of a play. He might be <laughs> over-owned, so I'll, I'll have to decide. He might be a guy that you, you may want to fade in GPPs, but it's going to be tough because uh, he should be on the field, you know, over 90% of the time, I would guess. So uh, a guy of his caliber, that dynamic, um, you know, it, it's going to be hard to fade him. But at 4,200, um, he seems like a free square play this week. Sean, with you totally on uh, Curtis Samuel, who's really uh, come into his own Percy Harvin-ness uh, this season with the, the rushing production uh, and, you know, still doing enough as a receiver uh, to, uh, you know, really think that he has some potential. Uh, if things go right in this game, he could end up with over a thousand yards uh, for the season uh, for, from scrimmage. So a pretty good all around year for him. Raybon, who are you high on? A couple of guys around mid-price that I like are number one, Richie James Jr. for the 49ers. He's 3,100. He actually ran 24 pass routes last week to 16 for Kendrick Bourne. Uh, And that was kind of the case earlier in the year. Um, Bourne was more of the the slot receiver and and James was more of the, you know, the outside guy. So, um, you know, him and Brandon Ayuk essentially were were the starting perimeter wide receivers. So like, like him in a matchup against Seattle where there could be a, a, you know, a lot of easy catches for the receivers. And uh, another guy is uh, Denzel Mims at three K you know, we'll see what happens with the jets, but um, I think, you know, any, like, just like Judy, I think targeting rookies in in week 17 is usually sharp. Um, They, you know, they might try to get them some, some extra looks, evaluation looks, some extra numbers, you know, they're, they're not likely to just kind of come out of the game just because they're starters, if it's, if it's late or anything like that. So uh, Mims and Richie James, both uh, at Mim Price are, are right above it. Yeah. James is really intriguing because we've already seen this here once what he's been able to do without Brandon Ayuk on the field, without Debo Samuel. Uh, and I, I do think that uh, although he's not really used as much as, um, as Kendrick Bourne, or at least as consistently, he he might be the the better player. Uh, so he's he's definitely intriguing this week. Uh, I'm going to be chalky and go with Calvin Ridley, uh, my my best friend, Calvin Ridley. Uh, I have him number one uh, among all wide receivers at Tampa Bay. Uh, this is of course assuming that Julio Jones does not play. Julio Jones uh, out with the hamstring. I'm just kind of imagining at this point, week 17, they have nothing left to play for. I'm imagining uh, that. 
Julio doesn't play. And then also uh, the number one cornerback for the Buccaneers, Carlton Davis, uh, he was out last week. Uh, I'm tentatively projecting him to be out once again this week. So a, a better matchup than you would maybe expect for Calvin Ridley. Uh, I mean, the thesis in investing is pretty much the same as it was last week. He has 21.2 PPR points per game in seven games without Jones Uh, on 11 targets. uh, He has 114.9 yards per game without Jones Uh, just goes absolutely off. Uh, And then another guy I'm very interested in this week is Justin Jefferson. Uh, I have him ranked number four. Uh, but going against Detroit and, and Sean, for a lot of the reasons that you mentioned with uh, with Kirk Cousins, uh, just a fantastic matchup. And then if you look at some of the splits, I mean, the Lions have allowed the most fantasy points in the league to opposing wide receivers. And then Jefferson, since moving from the slot to the perimeter in week three, uh, he's number three in the league with almost 1,200 yards receiving, barely trails Travis Kelsey and Stefan Diggs in that time frame. Over the past month, he has a 29% target share compared to a 19% target share for Adam Thielen. Uh, I mean, Jefferson, I mean, the guy's just phenomenal, like a a true stud alpha. And uh, I mean, at this point, thinking, you know, kind of moving the lens a little bit, but longer term from a dynasty perspective, uh, I mean, I think there's a case to be made that Justin Jefferson is the number one receiver uh, in dynasty starting you know right now if you had a startup draft you can make a very good case for jefferson number one because what he's done as a rookie and the fact that he's only 21 um you know that is very good for his long-term perspective there so jefferson for the future for week 17 very bullish on him sean who are you low on uh love the jefferson call and we'll see what you think about my uh player prop uh, in a few minutes here, oh, great. Uh, but it's it's going to involve him. Um, but uh, that brings me to my other point about week 17 is one of the things I like to do is kind of look at milestones or contract incentives, things like that. And uh, Mike Evans going into last week, um, he needed 221 yards to close up the season um, to be the first player in NFL history with seven straight thousand yard seasons. Um, he did a ton of work getting there last week with 10 catches for 181 yards and two touchdowns. So he only needs 40 this week. Um, So he might um, ease off the gas a little bit here. Um, So I I might be fading Evans. Um, You know, he's one of those high-risk, high-reward players anyway, but um, I I think almost reaching his goal. uh, You know, there's so many weapons in this offense that I could see them, you know, going the other direction this week. So uh, I might be fading him just because his ownership might be through the roof. Um, and the other guys uh, I'll probably fading are Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. Uh, just like I said, I, I don't know if we can trust them with John Wolford under center this week. Um, he, he brings a, a ton of variance to the situation. Those guys kind of rely on their high floor to begin with. So I'll, I'll be cautious with them and probably fading them uh, in DFS this week. Okay, week 17 is the time to have uh, useless conversations. And I want to have something of a useless conversation right here with Mike Evans. Because Sean, as you mentioned, uh, he is on the precipice of becoming the first wide receiver in in NFL history to start his career with seven 1,000-yard campaigns. Uh, Is he a Hall of Famer? Because like with this trajectory that he's on, uh, I mean, there's, there's a case to be made. I think we're we're witnessing like if he keeps this up for another three years or something like this, but like, I think we're looking at a hall of fame career right now, but most people wouldn't think of Evans as a hall of famer. Like, I don't think he's kind of been 
been the recipient of that kind of respect. Sean, what do you think of Evans? Yeah, I think another few years of this for sure. I, I would say he's well on his way. Um, it remains to me seeing like what happens next year uh, with Brady. Godwin might be gone, right? Antonio Brown, who knows? So, you know, next year, Mike Alvins could be the alpha in this offense. And, you know, another couple years of – he doesn't have to keep up this level of production, but just another solid two to three seasons, I think he's absolutely uh, Hall of Fame material. Raybon, do you have thoughts there? Yeah, I think he's on the right track. I would I would put him in if we like if I had a bet if he's gonna make it or not, I would say yes because he's you mentioned the you know the the six straight thousand yard seasons. He's only twenty-seven, you know. So the thing you worry about a lot of the time with receivers like Evans is okay, he's got this big body. Those guys can kind of fall off a cliff sometimes. But the fact that Evans has accomplished all of this and he's, you know, he's still 27, kind of gives him a little a, a little bit of a higher floor when you're talking about something like the Hall of Fame because, yeah, he could still have that fall off, like, you know, the Andre Johnson or Hakeem Nix or, you know, the guys that just kind of fell off a cliff. But he'll already have accomplished so much that, uh, yeah, I think he's – I would say he's above 50% if I had to – if I had to bet it. Yeah. Uh, with you there. Raybon, who are you low on? I mean, that was my guy. So <laughs> here it comes. Like, I, and I was going to point out that exact thing and just how hilarious it was that like, uh, I don't know if you guys noticed, but like they kept throwing these deep shots to Evans and like he, he yeah. needed like 40 yards and they would keep giving pass interferences so that they would be like on the Detroit 32. And so like you knew that even if he got a, a 30 yard, like a touchdown, he wouldn't get the, he wouldn't get the thousand yard season. So it was pretty funny, but yeah, I think, I think he clocks out after, um, you know, shortly after receiving this, uh, get, getting this milestone, even though Arians has said, Hey, I'm not going to rest my starter. So um, I'm projecting Evans and, and Godwin for, um, you know, about two thirds of the normal of the normal usage. And so I guess that goes for Godwin as well, even though, you know, not the same kind of situation, but I don't expect the Bucks to play um, their starters for the majority of games. So we'll say Evans and Godwin as well. All right. Uh, a guy I'm relatively low on is DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, I do expect him to be you know, playing most of the game uh, or all of the game. I mean, it's a situation where the Cardinals and the Rams, they both very much have something to play for. Um, but Hopkins has a very tough matchup against Jalen Ramsey. Uh, he was just eight for 52 and a touchdown receiving on 13 targets uh, in week 13 against the Rams. And against Ramsey in particular, he had just three receptions for 20 yards on eight targets. The touchdown was not in Ramsey's coverage. Hopkins and Ramsey have faced each other eight times going back to the AFC South. Uh, and Ramsey has gotten the better of him in all but two of those games. Hopkins has had two big games, but for the most part, Ramsey has held them in check. So uh, Hopkins, definitely not a DFS option for me this week. All right, Sean, give us that Justin Jefferson prop. Over under 110 receiving yards this week. Mm, under, sadly. I'm like trying to check. Is he, is he, is that like some milestone for him? It's a trap. I'm like trying to pull off his stats like feverishly. So I see. Um, give me one second. Uh, does that give him the record for rookies? Yes, it does. Yeah. And he uh, faces the Lions this week, which probably makes it a little bit easier if, if they want to give him that record. Uh, that that kind of comes down to week 17 projections. You know, how, how much do you weigh these things? That's basically what this prop is. 
I'm going over. I'm going over. That, that was that was sharp. And 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 any other week I would go under because that's a ridiculous line. Right. Obviously, it's like it's a Derek Henry rushing line. line. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I'll go over because you're right. It's week 17, and I mean we saw it with Mike Evans last week with the, what they were. You know, the whole game was essentially spent trying to get him that record. Like so, uh, yeah, I uh, I'm going over. Yeah. Is who has the record? Is it Anquan Bolden? Yeah, it's Bolden. Yeah. That's a, that was a good line. I mean, I still have to go under because that line is just ridiculous. But uh, yeah, if there's ever a week to uh, to set a line that high, this would be the week. Yeah, and you know, books, they'll probably open it at what? Uh, 80, 79 and a half, 85 and a half, somewhere around there. And I'll just, I'll hammer it immediately. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a very good point. Um, okay. The tight ends at the top of our rankings. Um, one second. All right, so the tight ends at the top of our rankings, uh, we are all assuming, I think for the most part, that Travis Kelsey is going to sit out uh, most, if not all, of uh, Week 17. Uh, so Darren Waller, Mark Andrews, and George Kittle are the three guys at the top of our rankings. Sean, who are you high on this week? I'm going to have to go with our boy, the, the XFL legend himself and Donald Parham at 2,900. I mean, it's it's week 17, so if you're not taking cheap uh, flyers at tight end, I don't know what the hell you're doing. Uh, but I, I'm assuming that Keenan Allen will probably sit out this week. Maybe Austin Eckler. It's one of those things where it's Tuesday in week 17. We don't really know. Um, but, you know, Parham will probably be facing this, the backups uh, for the Chiefs defense. Um, and Steven Anderson outproduced him last week, but uh, Parham outran him. Uh, 71% routes run rate compared to Anderson's 26 Percent. So if that holds true this week, Parham could see three to four catches. Um, he's certainly a red zone monster. He's six foot eight, two forty three. Uh, we saw in the XFL. Um, so you know, two touchdowns on seven catches this year. I'm looking for a you know three catch, thirty yard, two touchdown game here. It's week seventeen, so you got to get wild. I'm going with Parham at twenty nine hundred. All right, Raybon. And by the way, love it. Absolutely love it with, with Parham. Uh, Raybon, who are you high on? So I, I like Dalton Schultz um, for the Cowboys. Uh, they obviously still have something to play for. Uh, he's 3K. Um, he's been running close to, to 90% of the routes for them. So uh, I think this is a game where the Giants actually uh, can hang with them. I don't think the Giants are just going to collapse. And usually we see Schultz play his better games uh, in games where the Cowboys have a little bit of a, a trailing game script. So um, he's been kind of quiet these last few weeks, but uh, I like him here. Um I think uh, Hayden Hurst is back in play. You know, he was he was kind of out of it for a number of weeks. I don't know if he was dealing with with injuries or what. Um, but uh, coming coming here against Tampa Bay, who I still don't think will be going at a hundred percent. Hurst Hurst is a guy who kind of underperformed a little bit this season. Um, so I expect them to try to get him some looks uh, in Week 17 as well. He's popping uh, as the as a top three tight end in uh, in my model as well. Okay, Sean, earlier you talked about uh, Drew Locke. Noah Fant is a tight end. I'm interested in him. I have him ranked number four versus Las Vegas. If you take out week 14 when he left early with an injury, Fant has nine, 11, and seven targets in his three games over the past month. Uh, he's getting almost as much work as uh, any of the wide receivers in that offense. And uh, just as you know, Drew Locke, I think, is – forcing the ball uh, to Jerry Judy. I think he's also, you know, kind of going out of his way to uh, get the ball to, to Noah Fant. So uh, with volume like that, 
Um, I think he certainly is a, a top five tight end this week. Uh, and then I'm, I'm going back to Cole Komet. Uh, I, I talk about him every week, but I have him ranked number 12 now, which is ridiculous uh, because he has just 30 yards over the past two weeks. But uh, And then, of course, last week he saw Jimmy Graham catch two touchdowns, uh, incredible, incredibly painful. Uh, but Komet is number two on the Bears with an 18% market share of targets over the past month. Uh, five and a half targets per game in that time. It's hard to find that kind of volume on the cheap so uh Kemet is someone that uh, i'm at least considering sean who are you low on and if you say cole Kemet, you will break my heart uh i am not uh yeah too bad Kemet doesn't get points for uh, joint celebrations with jimmy graham after he scores the <laughs> touchdowns uh yeah that was a bit unfortunate actually the the, the guy i'm low on it kind of has a connection to jimmy graham that's robert tonyan uh, junior, he's 5K this week, um, and if there's a tight end, I'm going to fade in that range. Uh, it's him. Uh, last year, I remember making fun of the, the looks Aaron Rodgers would give Jimmy Graham, just completely frustrated every time he would throw <laughs> Jimmy Graham the ball. Well, last week, I kind of saw those um, reactions with Tanya. There, there was that one play um, where he thought Tanya should have separated um, from the defender and caught that touchdown, uh, saw that look. Rodgers and there's another play um, where Rodgers was pretty frustrated at him and to be honest Tanya uh, you know while he was pretty good um, you know towards the middle of the season um, he's slowed off a bit ever since Alan Lazard returned um, so he's been more of a touchdown or bust kind of guy um, you know certainly he's been more of a uh, you know he's been scoring touchdowns because he, he scored a touchdown five straight games in, before last week so um, he's a bit of a risky fade but if you get 5k he's, he's probably the guy I'm going to fade the most this week. Raybon, what about you? Um, for me, it's uh, Jared Cook. Uh, he did put up a pretty good game last week, but um, him and Adam Troutman spit, split the routes exactly evenly. They both ran 20 routes last week. So um, I think in a game like this, hard to know what to expect. I think Jared Cook is a guy that um, I don't really want any parts of coming off a, a big week in, in which he may actually attract some ownership. So uh, Cook for me. And I wonder if for going back to Cole Komet, you know, Jimmy Graham now has eight touchdowns. He caught two last week. I wonder if there's, and Sean, you maybe you might know this. Is there any salary escalator in Graham's contract if he catches double digit scores or something like that? Cause that did seem kind of odd. Yeah, that, that's interesting. Uh, you know, it's so early in the week. I haven't looked up things, but you know, typically we've seen coaches go out of the way not to give people incentives right. like uh, Sean Payton did with Mark Ingram. So, so it's interesting. You kind of have to look at do coaches help out players in these situations, but yeah, that's uh, interesting. I'll have to look that up. Um, certainly they're, they're acting like he has some uh, incentive to get to double digits, but we'll have to dig deeper on that one. I would think like coaches probably don't have the incentive because they, you know, they're under ownership, but I think quarterbacks do. Right. So like if a receiver yeah, is yeah. like, Hey, you know, if I, if I can get four more scores, if you could throw me four touchdowns, I'll get all this money. I'm like, they might break them off. Sure. Like I'll give you 10% or something like that. So I think it's the quarterbacks definitely more than the, uh, the coaches. All right. Uh, a couple of tight ends I'm down on uh, the Eagles tight ends, Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz. I have both of them outside of the top 12. Uh, it's a, a good matchup with Washington, but Goddard is dealing with an ankle injury and, you know, with the return of Deshaun Jackson, I think that just means fewer snaps and fewer targets for the tight ends there. Uh, and, you know, with Jalen Hurts being able to run, uh, I think that also means fewer tight ends, uh, sorry, fewer targets for uh, the tight ends and, you know, just the entire offense in general. So um, just a little bit down on Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz. All right, Sean, give us that tight end prop. 
Let's go with George Kittle again this week. Um, you know, last week I said at 52 and a half, which is pretty much where the market settled on him at most sports books. Um, and he ended up with 92 receiving yards, despite playing pretty much exactly the, the percentage that Raybon said at 60% uh, this time last week. So, um, you know, if he goes up, he's 6K this week. You already mentioned that Kelsey will probably set. He's very enticing at 6K if we can project him for, say, 80% of routes run. Um, so right now I have his uh, over-under set at 60, 63 and a half. Where are you guys on Kittle right now? All right. Well, now I, I feel like I have to take the over, which is uh, probably exactly the wrong time to do it. Because, um, like, really, what incentive do they have? But given the amount of play that he had last week, I'm imagining that they would be comfortable amping him up a little bit. Uh, and then no Debo Samuel, and now Brandon Ayuk is out. Uh, I'm imagining that Kittle really is the number one receiving option for week 17. Uh, and so, yeah, I will go over. Uh, I'm going to go under. Um, I, I'm actually not going to up his routes. I'm leaving him at the exact same 60%, more so just because that's kind of where the San Francisco tight ends have slotted in. And they have similar situations. It's been Jordan Reed and then it's been Kittle. And both of them have like, you know, a little bit of pitch counts. Um, so I'm just kind of going to, I'm going to leave it there. I haven't projected for four and a half catches for 57 yards and, um, you know, this game is meaningless. So, uh, you know, there's not necessarily a, a reason to keep him in weight in the game. Um, you know, he could obviously break a big play and he's still my tight end five, just like I believe he was last week. So, um, you know, not down on him at all, but yeah, going, going under on the, uh, on the line. Okay. Guys, the season that was 2020, uh, any kind of like final thoughts on this year before we head into the playoffs? Uh, I mean, for me, it's just stop underestimating Ryan Tannehill. I just need to manually give him two touchdowns and a rushing touchdown, and my uh, quarterback ranking on Fantasy Pros would be much better. So my, my lesson is stop underrating Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill. Raymond, what about you? Stop underrating any quarterback that can run. I mean, this year we just – I think, you know, getting ahead of quarterbacks with rushing ability, whether it was the preseason and, you know, I think we had that episode where I believe it was Evan Silva said, you know, uh, Josh Allen for MVP to, you know, us being ahead of the curve on ranking Jalen Hurts. Um, you know, just really – and Tannehill kind of fits into that, to, to be honest. You know, he's he's been running the, the football well. It's just – you know, these running quarterbacks, you'll get, you know, you'll get one or two wrong every once in a while. Like, you know, Daniel Jones, he stunk. But more, more or less, um, almost any quarterback that runs, you know, Taysom Hill, another guy who, you know, if you're ahead of the curve and weren't afraid to start him from the jump, um, you probably got a, a, a probably one extra week or something. Or So it's just, you know, quarterbacks who can run going forward are just so, so much more valuable uh, than those that can't. All right. One thing that stood out for me, and I feel like this happens most years, but, uh, you know, backup running backs who come from nowhere. Uh, but I feel like that was especially the case this year. Uh, you know, some of it because of, uh, you know, COVID situation, some of it because, uh, you know, residual effect of COVID, uh, no training camp. And, and so guys uh, maybe suffer injuries that they wouldn't have suffered otherwise. But thinking of running backs coming from nowhere, I mean, James Robinson, uh, is the guy who who really stands out. Um, but then also, you know, even at this point in the year, uh, Jeff Wilson, whenever he's gotten chances, uh, seeing him dominate, um, you know, I think 
it's always hard to go zero RB uh, in your drafts, but uh, you know, paying attention to running back depth charts and thinking about uh, the guys who really do have a chance of uh, putting up points if the guy in front of them for some reason can't go. Uh, think of you know Mike Davis for a good chunk of the year. Uh, paying attention to those guys uh, really can can pay off uh, in a, a handsome way. Uh, thinking of the best ball drafts in particular, where people uh, got Mike Davis with their last pick. I mean, those guys just crushed it this year. So uh, you know, really thinking about the running back position and uh, and the backups who who have potential if they're able to start. It's a good thing to do every year, but this year especially, it just seemed like uh, some of those guys really swung some leagues. Okay, that is going to do it for the show. Remember, we will be doing the fantasy flex during the playoffs you can follow sean chris and me in the action network app at the underscore odds maker chris raybon and matt f the oracle use the app to get real-time odds and track your bets for free be sure to check out our rankings and sean's tiers at the action network and raybon's dfs breakdown and my positional breakdowns at fantasy labs please subscribe to and rate and review the show and listen and download on spotify see you again next episode We're finished talking.